What's going on, guys? It's your boy, John Young. And we're back again with the roundtable. We haven't done this in a while, guys, have we? Now, we this is the PWW Talks roundtable. Hey, you were the and last we've one. Got, yeah, yeah. We've got Dan here as usual, lighting his ceremonial stogie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we've got the man they call the shocker. Woo! <laughs> got pop <laughs> Come get you. Come on to get you. Wait, wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. <laughs> and we've got the man, one of the one of the men behind uh pro wrestling world. The elusive David King. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. It's been a good day. It has been a good day. It's been a very good day. It has been a good day because we have been named one of the top 80 podcasts for wrestling number 46. Who'll be cheering that? Hey. When the hell did this happen? I don't know, but they're lying. Back to the Future, they clearly haven't listened to us. <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, these guys, they looked at us. They're like, oh, nicely groomed, <laughs> smoking a cigar, number 46. <laughs> if only they knew oh, it was yeah. all fart jokes. <laughs> but um, let's talk about something. So when we do these roundtable episodes, for those who don't know, it's to highlight something specific that we want to give the entire episode devoted to. And uh, what better than during Royal Rumble week than one of the greatest rumbles of all time. And we're talking Royal Rumble 97. Dave, yeah. I know this one is dear to your heart. So why don't you speak a little bit about it before we get into it? It is my absolute favorite Royal Rumble match. Event, I don't know, that's debatable. But, for, but the match itself is amazing because the entire match, without going into too much detail, is built around Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you pay attention, he will face every single person he feuded with in the previous year. And they all come at him one by one until you get to Bret Hart. And he'll also face a couple of his future uh, feuds. He lights it up with The Rock for about 90, 60 to 90 seconds. And you can just see the magic. And then you see Owen Hart, who's thankfully, thankfully didn't put him in a pile driver yet. And yeah, that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite rumble of all time. And shocker. Yeah. Why do you love this rumble so much? So, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, my, my long-term memory is not what it used to be. So I watched it again on last night on uh, Peacock. By the way, sponsorships are available, Peacock. If you want people to watch your network, you should probably sponsor podcasts like this. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Anyway, popped it on, watched it again. And yeah, absolutely. Holy cow. Was that just, that rumble was the making of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was cementing him as the hulk hogan of that generation that was yeah like he could not have had a better anything in that and then the rock shows up and he got mankind before which don't get me wrong i love that mick foley got all of his accolades that he deserved over the years but yeah give me when he was still mankind in the brown vest and still the scary monster guy in that you had him showing up you had probably the best shape Undertaker of his life in there. Like you had everybody in their prime and even the rock, you get to see those sparks because he was Rocky Maivia at the time. And that's mm -hmm. all he was. And you can still see the, the pausing and in the slaps right before he did it, the kind of extra shaky. So you could see the rock 
as he was sparking up at that time too. So yeah, just all the the genesis, the old school, the new school, all coming together in there was yeah. There, there's some brilliant, brilliant moments. And, and Mill Masquerade eliminating himself. Oh, we'll save that for later. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll guys get to did. It. Uh, somebody else did too. Um, ahead here, are we? <laughs> uh, friggin' uh, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he jumped he out just randomly bailed. He's like, I, I gotta go home now. <laughs> Well, he went to go chase Farouk for no reason. Know, Farouk hadn't even come out yet. But the camera cut made it look like he just decided to go home. He, he did. Yeah. And uh, I'm Dan, go home. Yeah. Yeah. My planet the, needs the, cam- the camera work was not always as good in some of those, too. Like, they had Vader wow. literally throwing a guy out over the top of his head, and the camera barely caught it because something else was happening in the corner. Yeah, but I had to keep reminding to finally catch what really happened there. It was... And that looked painful on the replay. That looked like that probably hurt. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, well, Vader God. wasn't ever known for being kind in the ring. <laughs> he was not a gentleman, no. He was light. No, no he, never, he never was stiff on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he never had his own eyeball pop out during the middle of a match. No, never. God, I've seen that recently. I, I hate my job. Day. It's because of the crap people send me right there. <laughs> that and the so, Sid Lake thing. People send that to me. It's like, stop. Yeah, I think I saw the Sid leg thing when I was like 10. And I was like, ooh. So you said wrestling's fake, huh? You know? And I'm like, what happened here? And that was yeah. the last time anyone tried a big boot from the second rope. <laughs> the Brett Art rope. The Brett rope. Yep. The, what is this, Scooby-Doo? The Brett rope. Um, Dan, why do you like this rumble so much? Um, Well... For one thing, it was unpredictable because of the fact that, yeah, you think about it, 93, 94, 95, 96 were all kind of predictable rumbles. 95, you probably knew that Shawn Michaels was going to win it. 96, you definitely knew Shawn Michaels was going to win it. I don't think anyone predicted 93 was going to blow. You know what pissed me off about 93? The fact that Giant Gonzalez eliminated The Undertaker and he wasn't even a part of the fucking match. Yeah. Can I ask a question about Giant Gonzalez? That he sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a question, not a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he a man in a suit or was he naked? Good question. He's a man in a suit just to save us from our <laughs> imagination. <laughs> I have some real questions if he's a eunuch. Yeah. There's a lot of They designed the action figure before they even made the wrestler. That's what it was. It, it, it was the Johnny Bravo. We got to find somebody who fits this suit. As soon as we find the guy, oh, there he is somewhere in Nepal. Just stick that because he can't fucking wrestle, but he fits no, the suit not. at least. So we can use him. I did have his Hasbro. I'll admit, I did have his Hasbro figure. Just knew that they Vince didn't always needs to have WCW. one like giant man who cannot wrestle at all. Sure. Like, you ever wanted I, to know that Vince McMahon didn't watch WCW? It's him booking that man against the Undertaker, thinking it was going to be good. He clearly does not watch WCW. But they still do. It's like I, I'm sorry, I, I can't think of the guy's name right now. But like AJ Styles, his bodyguard. Omos. Omos. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. he was giant. He's just, he just he's just a wall. He's a wall. That I mean, <laughs> Invisible Man matches are more interesting than the matches he is in most of the time. Like, I love Zeus Invisible with a Man matches. Oh, Invisible Man matches done right are amazing. Like you know, but so yeah, no, I mean, he's got. No, there's been a couple moments, but yeah, it's just I appreciate it. I mean, fuck. If I was that big, I, I'm glad I could have a career just standing in a ring. But yeah, and, oh, and I know it's. 
when Vince was was Vince was running WWE, almost would just stand there and people had to come to him. First time wrestling with Triple H in charge, he runs around the ring and actually does a thing or two because he knows he he wants to. You mean he does the entire Braun Strowman move set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the point is, he actually does something because he figures, well, I gotta keep my job. Yeah. <laughs> I Which... mean, think about it though. It's like so you've had Braun Strowman, uh, great or not Braun Strowman, uh, Omas, great Kali. Giant Gonzalez. Who else? Who was just an immovable stilt? Zeus. Oh, worst one of all time. Uh, Just sent to a bunch of his crap. Great action figure, though. (laughs) Oh, the man, though. The man, though. I hear he's like, well, he's passed away, but I hear he was an absolute sweetheart. And he's like my favorite. He's like one of my favorite parts of that Dark Knight movie with Heath Ledger. The best part that doesn't feature Heath Ledger features him. Plus, he was Debo and fucking Friday. I mean, I got to give him, like, he deserves my that's respect true. for that. that I mean, true. he absolutely deserves my respect for that. Like, and No Holds Barred, I actually think, is an underrated classic. Mm-hmm. Many people will sit here and probably snar- scarf at I, it. I don't think there's any I way do. to make it overrated. That's for damn sure. It's not overrated, <laughs> by any means. I think well, it's I'm more of a Suburban Commando guy myself. Suburban, Suburban Commando is his best film. I will admit that. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think of uh, Gold Dust versus Triple H at the very beginning? At the, it was the interesting first to see show. Triple H at that stage of his career. Yeah. It's very weird to see that now. Yeah. Like you would see that? the hints that he was starting to get, you know, basically all. But yeah, that, that stage, it was fine. I mean, trying to cone shot a little bit, I think. Yeah, it. The I I do like the you know the 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 sexual assault near the end of the match though when he just grabs Terry and just starts making out with her. It's like, oh, that's right. That's what twenty years ago used to look like. (laughs) Thirty years. Do stuff. Thirty years, man. Twenty. Twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five years. (laughs) We're doing an auction here. (laughs) Twenty-five. Twenty-five. 27, 28. Actually, I know it's 10, I think. 15. It's only 15. <laughs> <laughs> More than I am. grabs her, makes up. She's on the ring for no reason. He's just like, I'm going to make out with your face. And then he's got, you know, cigar breath because, you know, she was smoking the cigar. And then, yeah. And the match is over. Right? <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's get this started, though. Uh, so you have the first entrant, Crush. Versus but he Ahmed was in the Johnson. nation of domination because you know, yeah, I never nation. liked him, but that was those the first ever lions that were, uh, yeah, they were the nation of domination wasn't quite the all black thing yet. They were, they still had, yeah, not yet. Crush, Crush was just unfortunate that you know, it's it's said in entertainment, it's said in life in general, but in entertainment, absolutely, it's such a mix of skill and luck, and so. Crush could have been Undertaker with like two different genetic shifts, but he wasn't. So he's always going to be Crush. Yep. And there's nothing he could ever do about it. There was no way to make elevate him further than what he was. He was he crushed it. Like he tried so many gimmicks, and there was just never one that was going to work for him. It, there's some guys that it's just like, oh, sorry. I Adam still Bomb. Think like- Adam Bomb from WCW had everything. He had the look. He had the thing. His moves were just bad. Nobody cares. He looked, he looked, I really liked it as Wrath and WCW. Yeah, Wrath, he was they good. didn't really do anything with it. He, what about the demon? Saying, he only he still only hit that same level. It never really and that's Crush. So Crush was there yeah. to stand and look mean with his 
half dreadlock hair. And you're all right yeah. with. They were a good tag team though when they put him and Brian Adams when it was Brian Adams and Brian Clark together and they became Chronic. So it was yeah. like crushing yeah. Adam Bomb together. They were a good tag team. And then he yeah. wrestled Undertaker and that was the end of that. What about no one likes Kiss? I said, what about the demon? Well, of Kiss. Yeah, no, when they had the licensed uh, Gene Simmons impersonator. Yeah. In WCW. Half million dollars for looks on street out by me these days. Uh, yeah. They got. I remember they got uh, Megadeth at the exact time in their career when they were desperate for any money whatsoever because their CD had just failed. Risk. Yeah. Well, it's was actually, it, was it Risk or have, Trust? What? Or cryptic writing. No, it was Risk. The song oh, Trust risk? is on it, but it was Risk. Yeah. I, got, I got all the Megadeth album. I'm a huge Megadeth fan. My body breaks all the change between bad. Yeah. Was this when Dave got sober? I wonder if that was it. We were around that time. No, no, that was uh, United <laughs> Abominations. And okay. and the system has failed right before it, which is like he has the idea of where Megadeth is going to sound like, but he doesn't quite have the system has failed. With United Abominations, I thought he found the Millennium version, the Millennium sound for Megadeth. I really love the revival Megadeth era. Not I, as I much prefer- as the original 80s, but I say, I prefer- see, I'm going to be the hipster here, and you know, I'm Peace Cells <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. What was the album after that? Fire and 502. Um, that yeah. was. So far, so good. So what? So far, so good. So what? And the last one, Rust. No, he's no said Henry Nice Guy cover on the, the no. on the Shocker album from that horrible, horrible, horrible movie called The Shocker, where the the the, the, the evil killer was a guy who just was an unsuccessful electric chair. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so bad. It's it's. Oh, that was so bad. Okay. Yeah, Wes Craven was directing it too, which was surprising. Wes Craven, that's right. It should have been better. And, and yeah. Yeah, because like, that was still like right off of like Nightmare. Yeah. So it's like you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a hit. Yeah, maybe that's no more Mr. Nice Guy cover on that is really good. It's like a, everything to do with the 97 Royal Rumble because Alice Cooper was in WWE, and that's how we put everything back to Kevin Bacon. Close enough. I mean, close enough. I, 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 Alice Cooper in WWE was one of my like. You want to get me watching? Yeah, you put Alice Cooper in there with Jake the Snake, and Alice Cooper was in his lean year when he appeared. Oh, he was. Oh my well, he god, he was in his comeback time too. That's when he was. Like he had his albums, Alan and then McBeal got produced by the guy who made the Motley Crue stuff, and that's when uh, Trash came out, and he just you know took <laughs> a stage of his career. I mean, they did have Ozzy at the because uh, they had Ozzy in '86 for WrestleMania too. Yeah, I mean, yep. and he was still pretty. He, he was, was still pretty still, spry then too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think he was still like peak at his peak at that point too, which I was kind probably of probably told him to don't eat any bats while you're here. <laughs> All right, so let's bring this. How many heads? I'll do that. And back to the rumble. Okay. <laughs> so next, you had Ahmed Johnson enter with, um, well greatest elimination of himself too i'll tell you that he looked almost exactly the same even the muscle structure yep kind of oh he had, had the, look. the same he looked about it so. you with the not, I, I don't know about the rest of his skills but he had the look yeah i have to give him that 
Tell his underwear rode. Tell his tights rode up his butt, and then it was like not so <laughs> impressive. My favorite Ahmed Johnson was remember the old video game. It was like WWE, like not Raw, but it was um Warzone in that era. Warzone. I was yeah, a WCW gamer then. And then all of a sudden they had Ahmed Johnson do like one of the title sequences for the game. It you couldn't understand a goddamn word he was saying. <laughs> he was just screaming into the microphone. He just, you just like, yeah, Ahmed Johnson. Hell yeah. It's hard to promo with all these marbles in my mouth. <laughs> he was probably my least you. favorite of that era. Well, don't worry, he was his own least favorite. He was <laughs> I know. Good. He's like, yeah, it, it, yeah, he's happy to be working at fast. that point. You know, he's like, all right, well, at least I have a gig. I still get the paycheck. <laughs> like Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is kind of the same way. Dolph is Dolph is the funniest freaking guy if you ever see him do comedy, yeah. by the way. But he knows where he thinks he should have made it to and where he actually made it to. And that's where so much of his comedy is just great. Yeah. So, you know, oh, Dolph Ziggler live doing he's comedy. He's putting his trauma into comedy because you absolutely years ago that he is. was miserable. Ready, Nick Nemeth comedy. There's your plug, Dolph. <laughs> then we get right, so then Ahmed. Yeah, Ahmed comes in and he jumps right out because you know he missed. A well, call no, he doesn't. Him. He doesn't jump out immediately because he Not has either. to eliminate somebody, and that is fake Razor Ramon. Uh, uh, at least fake Diesel looked semi convincing from a distance. Fake Razor, still no. I've, yeah, poor guy. I actually feel bad for him because I've heard Rick Borgner was easily one of the nicest people in the business who, yeah, you know, one of my former admin buddies said he ran into him at gym one time and all he did was, it was just a fun time. That's so, the man who... No. The I, fake I, I, razor I, I, was in there for 17 seconds. He's a little better than Bushwhacker Luke. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the, a lot the of quick eliminations yeah, but the hoss oh, yeah. who carried the beginning of the match, surprisingly, was crushed. He was in there for over six minutes. Yeah. But you need you need somebody to build up. Did, did Stone Cold eliminate him? I... No, uh, Phineas Godwin did. Oh, oh, okay. I might have fast-forwarded. I was going to say. You are fast-forwarding because next up out of the uh, entrance ramp, Phineas Godwin. Uh, yes. Wow. Wait, wait. With Hillbilly Jim, right? And Mark Canterbury yeah. is at the other yes, one. Okay, I, no, I was I watching mixed up. Yeah, I get them mixed up for who's who as far as name goes. I think Henry is Mark Canterbury, and then I think Midian is Phineas. Yeah. So then in this entire menagerie of four people, one being uh, eliminated by Ahmed Johnson, Dennis one Knight being eliminated it. by Phineas, Ahmed eliminates himself by running after Farouk, right. who isn't even in the match yet. Yeah, but but the camera cut is like you can't tell what's going on, so he literally looks like I'm just, just going sprinting. Now. Yeah, he's bye. just sprinting away. All right, guys, have a good time. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you later. To my planet, I go now. Yeah. Bye now. I'll see so you next then, time. My planet needs. You know, you're you're in the Royal Rumble, and you're thinking to yourself, "Huh, what's more important than this?" Oh yeah, Farouk, who I'm going to run into at some point tonight. I better eliminate Anyways. myself to get to him. <laughs> Because that's how this works. You know, I really think Ahmed Johnson and Shawn Michaels actually probably could have had a killer match, even with Ahmed's limits. You I know, really I'll, so. I'll, I'll say they probably could have had a, I don't like Sid Vicious. He was fine, but I just don't like Sid Vicious. He, he's never... 
Psycho Sid, whatever they called him in, in this. The greatest softball player of all time. <laughs> I, I I like him in this very six-month window. But other than that, no, it literally stops as soon as he uh, uh, poops his pants at WrestleMania. That's the end for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, not to be outdone. What? What? Next, number five. Called. What? What? Boston. Yeah. I was so happy when that went away for the most part. Like it still hasn't. It, 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 <laughs> it, it's so amazing to see how spontaneous that got created, and then also just how much it. You could see when Stone Cold hated it too. He and he was like, "What did I? What did I make?" The Undertaker in 2002 looked at the, looked at the audience and said, uh, "If you if you like sleeping with your sisters, <laughs> say what? What? No, the guy, and he goes exactly, exactly." And everyone from Alabama stood up and clapped. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like my sister too. <laughs> my sister is going to be me. <laughs> Well, here we go. Double Rumble lights up the second Austin enters the ring. I will say that the second Austin enters the ring, it goes from an okay, this is a pretty good start to oh, oh. But it's also interesting to to see his music hit and the crowd doesn't pop. I mean, now. You hit that, and it's like Pavlov's dog for wrestling fans. You can be in a McDonald's, hit that music, and everybody's like, what? And they're, they're going to be looking around. Fuck, I use that music from time to time when I want to punctuate a thing doing my stuff. You like, just course, break glass around a wrestling fan. Sometimes that glass breaking and that, those chords come out. But it hit, and the, the audience was like, who is it again? Oh, yeah, that guy. The, the <laughs> yeah, okay. Stunning Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, it was so it was interesting to see that lack of pop for when he came out which yeah yeah we don't it's a bit of history that was kind of fun so not only does he come out he starts cleaning house so he eliminates immediately phineas godwin and then next we get bodacious bart gunn 26 seconds out of the ring (laughs) yeah then we get jake roberts that one was surprising jake was still in the middle of of drug jesus days so yeah i mean jake was kind of like you know matt hardy on a bad day like you can't leave him in there that long so a He's minute 10 seconds about wearing that weird shirt of his which i always hated that weird Ooh. green shirt that he had in 96 oh, yeah. i yeah. hated that thing it made him it made he look it made him look fatter than he would if he just took the thing off yeah well, and then the snake, he brings the snake in the ring and that thing almost got crushed like four different times. You see the ref like trying to drag it away at one point and like, yeah, it, it was, it's sad that that was so short, but I think it kind of had to be. It that needed to be. So then we get the British Bulldog coming in and he actually had a good showing considering it's been a while, yeah. um, but he was in there for over eight minutes. He had some good spots too. Yeah. Yeah, they let him he showed off a little bit, which was nice. And I've always liked him though. He he was one of those guys I always thought was underrated, who never quite got the 
he seemed like he could have almost been WWE champ level with, with two once again two more genetic twists two more lucky things that would have happened because he had the look he had the he had the he could promo big guy still could move and everything and just he was always going to be the the what is it the the in-law to the Hart family <laughs> well not only just that but I don't think Vince <laughs> I don't think he wanted the accent yeah. I'm going to come out and say it well, I mean, yeah. There were probably reliability issues too. Yeah, like, like I like to say to a lot of people when I'm when I'm talking about wrestlers is there's so many reasons someone not might not have made it to a certain point that has nothing to do with skill or charisma. It can right. just be you took the last donut when Vince wanted it and. Screw that. You are not going to be a champion under my watch. You knew I wanted the the bear claw. And like, yeah. Yeah. You sneezed when Vince was tickling you with a feather. <laughs> you it was 20 pal. years later, so that's good. I mean, I've heard so many stories that I've heard so many different people tell the sneeze story. Heyman's well, is the best, but I can't find tickler, it anymore. He, oh, man. Vince loves tickling. Big tickle guy. <laughs> Yeah, tickle Vince. Let's see how your career goes. Can, can we get that to be a thing now? WWE understood just, marketing just because they had Vince as a devil mask in merch at one point. Yeah, they also had. Well, uh, this was Vince. off the era where Vince was not known as the owner of the company, too. Yeah, this yeah. is when it was Vince the commentator. Yeah, like, now looking what back, a maneuver. It really what makes the ending of Bret Hart, and I know I we're skipping to the end. Spoiler alert here. Yeah, yeah. When Bret's pissed, he really looks pissed at Vince. Like, this is your freaking company. What are you going to do about it? And Vince is still the announcer guy, so it was almost a very realistic He'll moment that then shadows a few times. Well, it foreshadows the real moment later. Oh. Unless I mean, unless you buy into the fact that that could be just the longest con in history too but and it's know. not tony yeah no. <laughs> yeah yeah that that interaction between him and vince at the end and then the interaction during the screw job it's like it's so authentic that once again shows why brett is the brett that he is but also maybe he was already mad at vince at the time i don't know it, it, it's just it's great it's such a great moment but anyway what do, so what do you think of the british bulldog i think he was probably the next up yeah, we actually just talked about him. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was chasing yeah. my my other cat out. So the next up would be Pyroth, who's one of five guys who were used, or check that four guys who were used from a uh, triple A. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like Vince knew that Rey Mysterio was hot in WCW and thought, can we get one of our own Rey Mysterios? Damn it, sure give me five Rey Mysterios. Give me five Rey Mysterios. He think, made a uh, fake Razor Ramon and a fake Diesel. Of course he thought he could get his own Rey Mysterio. I, I think they and use they're cheaper because they're made in Mexico. I think they use those guys because of the lack of depth on that roster at that point. Uh, yeah. They probably yeah. just need a filler. I mean, they had the tag team match early in the night, too. You know, with those, you know, uh, with the international. Junior so. was actually in the crowd. Well, the he was somewhere in the show. So many people who had their own matches were also in the Rumble. It's exactly right. The roster was just so light at that point. Oh, yeah. They had to get Terry Funk from ECW. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and then when 
It was before he put pantyhose on his head and had a chainsaw. That, I actually kind of like character. That just yeah, they, they never covered. It's hard to find like tracking where that character is with Terry Funk as far as progression of. <laughs> like, oh, it's Terry Funk. Okay, it's Chainsaw Charlie right now, and it's like, what? where? When did Chainsaw Charlie happen? Was that a, was that well, a Saturday afternoon's main actually, catch or something like? I actually have that figure. They just released that, the Chainsaw Charlie figure. I think I have that somewhere. Nice ECW chair. Or Thank whatever you. that is in the background. Yeah, that's from uh, One Night Stand 05. So. No, the letters are just placed just right. It could be FCW because of the way the camera's cut. FCW, but it's extreme this time. Yeah, this is the uh, Chainsaw Charlie figure. They just released this a couple months Here, ago. Hold it still because it's kind oh. of blurring. Yeah, yeah. Right. Funk is middle aged and crazy. That's how I can explain Chainsaw Charlie away. He just got nuts one day and put on a, and grabbed a chainsaw. He saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre and said, "I have an idea." <laughs> and now, if we can, uh, you know, when when we get back to all my laments, it's wrestling. We can make it whatever we want it to be. Exactly. I was kind of scared watching him play you, a chainsaw you... around an audience, extending their hands out. The thing is, especially with wrestling now, there's so many different places to put it. You can have so many. Marvel's got its different brands. DC's got its different brands. Like, but I don't, you know what? I don't want to say it out loud because it's going to, it's something else I'm still in the process. But yeah, the fact, my one little thing that bugs me, and yeah, maybe we edit this part out because it's an idea that I am working on somewhere. They do crossovers with He-Man figures. So mm -hmm. why not lean all the way into it and have He-Man and John Cena have a match? You know, like door, if sure. you, on some sort of show called WWE Ridiculousness or something where anything, the Dave Chappelle show of WWE where it's, but you can have a real guy do a real He-Man and you take it serious. Anyway, that's door the door idea that I'm still He-Man like, we're putting it like He-Man. And that's just one of a million things. It's like, you've got this stuff. <laughs> And yeah, that, that's one of the things I'm working on a pitch deck for. I'm collecting all the ridiculous things that have happened, like my Fool Us match. Did you see Sin do the uh, the gender reveal? No. Okay, no. look up wrestler gender reveal. Um, I, you know, I oh, that's the gender reveal match? That's yeah. Sin? It was in a backyard. I didn't know he was in that. Wow. Yeah, I saw the that. That one was amazing. Sin. I saw it. Yeah, I didn't know it was him. It was beautiful. Wow. So once again, that went over. Sin Bodhi has now been in two very amazing non-traditional pieces. One of them took off on social media. The other one, everybody I show it to professionally says that's the best thing we've ever seen on Penn & Teller's show. Like, I know it I'm changed my myself. mind about a lot of things. It changed your mind. You, weren't, you didn't even want to watch it. You thought it was silly, but without blowing my own horn, I know what I'm fucking talking about. So, oh, yeah. yeah, why doesn't it be? <laughs> they've got so many different programs. You make one that's just comedy based. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm basing it around sin. We're trying to pitch something together that we can bring to them and bring to a meeting and just be like, look, give us your green screen. Give us the studio. Let us do this. It's a different brand. Nothing is continuity that happens on this show unless you want it to be. And then you create some crazy character on there that actually does take off, and now you can bring him into the mainstream. Like, that would yeah, be great. Yeah. 
Okay. Now that you got Triple H actually getting coherent storylines, you just need somebody creative like Sin in there to just pitch ideas. There's with there's it. some talks. I'm, I'm I'm I don't. It's not as many as I would like them to be, and it's not as far as I'd like them to do. But I know once we get the pitch deck figured out, everything together, we can get a meeting where it goes from there. It shows up on the day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's taking creative. It's all it's all lottery. And here's the thing. I don't I wouldn't even mind that as long as I got to be a writer slash producer. Like because I know if you bring into a big company like that, they're gonna want to own it. So we've already worked out like what we'd want to. Like we'd want a percentage of merchandise as opposed to something. Because if we made a character that was hilarious and t-shirts took off, a percentage of t-shirts can, you know, pay a lot more than a salary sometimes. If it if it's an Austin 316 shirt, like holy crap, Steve Austin. Will live the rest of his life just on the T-shirt merch alone. So, yeah, but. one of the reasons he's still he's still like the number one merch mover in WWE to this very day. T-shirts are a lot of it. That yeah. and the F fear. Yep, and a couple others. And I, oh, the drink I'm hanging out with guys that moment. have done this. I mean, they all go get a royalty check. They'll get a royalty check from the video game companies. They'll get a royalty check from those. Anything that's got their character in it, they've signed something that they get a little piece every time their character is used in something. So it might only be 300 bucks sometimes. It might be three grand sometimes. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they make the, the ones who had a good character, perpetuity, they're making money. Oh, yeah. I think Sandman said one video game, he made like 70 grand. Yeah, that's that the was ECW, ECW game or one of the uh, no, that was he was in. Games. I think it was Ross SmackDown 08. Oh, okay. He was in. Okay, okay, and he's yeah. like he made like seventy grand. He made like seventy thousand for the video game. So I watched like, him. I still remember when he accidentally dropped a ladder on the ECW crowd, and they all had to move. <sighs> and it's like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, set up those. Actually, it's. When he threw the trash can and it hit Terry Funk in the middle of the head, like it was a loud thud. Like, I think it was barely legal, their first pay per view, and it was a loud thud. I was just Honestly, like, oh. But like, I've always heard that when it comes to Vince, the, there's two arguments when it comes to wrestlers. You either let anybody get over organically or you kind of control it a little bit. And Sandman has always been the argument against it because he's one of the rougher wrestlers in the ring if we're going to be nice but he's hyper over because it was the environment where if you can get over you get it but yeah, it was he, it, he was he was a once again a lucky product of the perfect time perfect venue perfect attitude yeah he was he was fwwe in every bone in his body he was the anti if you you know, if you like disco, he was the punk rock. That was his point in life at that moment. And, you know, even I, I'm not the biggest fan, but I can't help but watch him do an entrance, do one of his entrances. Those are Entrances amazing. and exits. You never really, you don't remember his matches. No, just, except for the latter thing. remember the cane yeah. and the entrance. That, that's what, yeah. Yeah. So but the Royal Rumble. We were talking about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> we're terrible. <laughs> Sorry, John. Next, you have the Sultan come out. Ah, that too. And uh, well, he didn't do much. Rikishi. He didn't. He didn't do much. Shiki baby uh, was out though. Always yeah. 
Yes. Uh, hmm. Vince asked, where's Bob Backlund at? That's honestly a question they didn't actually answer. He just wasn't there. He just wasn't there. And um, <laughs> I don't think yeah. Bob Backlund has been there for a while. But uh, uh, no. He was doing a little bit managing at the time. Actually, he just he, wasn't at that event. His comeback was kind of great because you could see the crazy in his eyes. Oh, yeah. He was crazy. actual uh, crazy in his eyes that it's like, okay, this does now have a Norman Bates kind of vibe to it. Like, he might really murder somebody someday. Yeah. Do you remember when he came back and he was just absolutely telling everyone he's going to put him in a crossface chicken wing? No reason whatsoever. What I remember is this raw promo with Vince, and he goes, I have never eaten marijuana. And Vince breaks character long enough to roll his eyes like, This is the stupidest thing I ever heard. And then immediately gets back in the character. There's like this this effing guy. He's like, Yeah, Vince was like, This is why I didn't give you the title in 84. But that character deserves credit because that is the first, that is the, in my opinion, the first villain that was presented like a good guy but is actually a bad guy because he's Mr. Bob Backlund and he's telling you what's wrong with the generation and how you're supposed to be good and decent and you're doing yeah. they're doing that in 93 they had the idea there they just didn't have trying to think now I'm, I'm, I'm think, I think somebody else has done that before though but maybe not I mean you're right he, but he was the perfect one for it because he was such a icon of that we weren't on TV yet era of wrestling. Like, yeah. You know. I love his matches with Slaughter. They're my, they're my favorite pre-Hogan matches. Some of my favorite pre-Hogan matches. Well, the, uh, I, I thought he had the back one had probably the two best. He probably had the best cage match. I thought with Snuka. Yeah, his match against Snuka in the cage was better than the one with him in Morocco, like by far. I don't like I don't like Backlund and Morocco together. They don't gel. I don't like Morocco that much. I'll be honest. He I like <laughs> Morocco, but I thought Morocco and Backlund had a much. I thought Morocco. I thought Backlund and Snuka had a better cage match because Snuka actually went for the dive with the finish, and Backlund moved right. and, yeah. and escaped the cage, which was a much better finish. Than what they did with uh, Morocco and uh, Snuka, because that was after gotta, the match. That gives us Foley, man. I yeah, don't it does. On that finish too much because we got Foley. No, but we still got a whole bunch of fun stuff coming. But more. So get... By the way, if you guys don't own this book, though, get this comic book. Go to your local comic book store. What? A... And who is that? Is about? it on Amazon? It, Amazon, yeah. It is in Audrey Stitterson and Chris Moreno. Uh, I don't know who published it, but I picked it up at a shop once. Probably the best, like, talk about the eras before it was on TV, when it was still in the carnies, all that, all the way up to today. So covering the territories. Yeah. I want that for the illustration alone. The illustrations are great, too. And, And the... The amount of detail was amazing. So that I almost, highly recommend that. That literally looks like it could have been Roman Reigns and Logan Paul with that big spot where Logan's flying ah. through the air and then Roman cocks his fist. That looks amazing. So I would recommend it. And it just reminded me with all the stuff we were talking about in there, especially the older. That's that good show. But anyway, so now the Sheik came in and. Sheiky baby. And he doesn't eliminate yeah. anyone. No. Zero Elims. Not a he'll one. He'll get a few down the road. He'll get well, back. He'll get them down the road when he's uh, when he's got glass on and he's dancing. He had as many. Ele- partners. 
he had about as many eliminations as he had gimmick changes. <laughs> yeah. And if you tell me I'm wrong, I've got a moonsault off a cage to sell you. But if I'm not mistaken, um, didn't Stone Cold eliminate like the next three? Because the, yeah. that's when we had the, the great moment of the looking at his watch. The, the, the cementing moment of this is my Royal Rumble. Yeah. So British Bulldog eliminates Sultan. Okay. And yeah. then you get Mil Mascaras, who's next, oh, who Lord. eliminates himself. Right. Well, he gets him out of there before Mick Foley comes in. Well, so they what have, happens is Mil Mascaras eliminates Pyrath, because you have to have the AAA guys eliminate each other. Did you notice and then that the he tri- just decides to jump off the top rope onto him. <laughs> Did you notice that the AAA guys, for the most part, weren't selling for the WWE guys except for oh, yeah, Austin? No, but they were selling for each other, like they like they were all Shawn Michaels. But no, a WWE <laughs> guy gets him. He's like, "What you doing? What's this? Oh, you hitting me? Uh, okay." Except for Steve Austin, they sold for Steve. I noticed that probably because Steve was is old school enough. He'd clock him for real if they did. Yeah, they were like, right. "Oh, he'll get potato my ass if I don't do that." He would too. Him and Trips were both like that. But uh, so what were you talking about? Okay, <laughs> Mill Muscara. Wow, <laughs> don't let Foley see this. He still has heat with the man. <laughs> All right, there you go. I watched oh, that. Guy. Guy. He's got another mask, a mask underneath the mask. That just shows the incompetence of WCW for booking Mill Mascaras versus Cactus Jack. It's this like his first true. match too, Why? first uh, main match. Yeah, and they uh, put him against Bill Mascaris. It's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you watch that match. If you watch closely, uh, pretty sure Foley back, bangs the back of his head on the concrete. Yeah, that's probably why Foley hates him. Yeah, probably. Because so, that was the only thing he was he did in that match. Sorry, John. But then he realized, hey, I can make I can make a fortune with these crazy bumps. And he's like, he had that eureka moment. It's like I could I could make some money with this. And there's guys on Fremont who get kiss, kicked in the nuts for five bucks. It doesn't mean I want to. <laughs> five hundred concussions later, he's a millionaire. <laughs> hey, five hundred concussions and he's a millionaire is still more more money than Jeff Jarrett's made for breaking guitars. So <laughs> you know, I don't know. I bet that AEW contract's paying him pretty good. You're wrong there, know. slap nuts. <laughs> You don't remember the uh, Jimmy Corderas line? Thousand guitars and he couldn't draw a dime. Yeah. Uh, Six thousand guitars never drew a dime. Yeah, that was that was salt because in all fairness, he was main eventing those early TNA pay-per-views and I don't think they would have, they may not have got the buy rate they wanted, but I'm betting they wouldn't even got that if Jarrett wasn't on the card. What was their greatest like fiscal year though? I think it was like 50 million. Their year. Uh, the best numbers year was the year they tried to go up against Raw. Now they got smashed, but they still scored two million viewers a couple times. Twenty ten. That's yeah. the thing. So yeah. let's talk about this because now we got Triple Huh, and he's next as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh. Uh, the Kentucky Blue Blood. Yeah. Yeah. He has so many great rumbles. So many great rumbles in the future. In the future, <laughs> this was not one the of only them. one that Austin feuded with in the previous year. 
that Austin didn't actually eliminate because I'm well, a big no. uh, 96 Austin is one of my favorite things in wrestling because he eliminates well I don't want to get ahead and spoil this too much well this is 97 so you can spoil 96 spoil 96 this is 97 because this is you can spoil 96 okay and that in the previous year he faces Mark Marrow, Savio Vega, Jake Roberts, Hunter Hel- Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Bret Hart, and Brian Pillman. I told you I love this year. And yeah. five of them will make their way to the Rumble because of the unfortunate tragicness. No, Pillman's still alive, I think. But yeah, five of them will make their way into that Rumble, and Austin will get into each one of them. Triple H is the one that does not get eliminated by Austin. He's the only one. Trust me, I love this Rumble that much that I'm Pillman, this nerdy about it. Pillman and Austin did not face each other in 96 because Pillman was still having injuries with the from the... They had some raw things where uh, where Austin beat up beat the hell right. out of his ankle. They had programs, but they didn't have a match. Fair enough. Fair. You got me there. Um, but the, the previous 96, I was talking about Triple H because Triple H was the Iron Man of the 96 Rumble. Because I yeah. remember he lost that... Um, he lost to Duke the Dumber, Dumpster Drossy for, I think Drossy was the number 30. It may have been him or Godwin. I forget. But I yeah. think I think uh, Triple H had to go. He had to enter the Rumble number one in 96, and I think he went over 40 minutes. So, like, he had a really kind of, that was kind of like his coming out party. Which, and then he hugged people. Which made sense because they were going to make him the King of the Ring in 96, but curtain call happened. Honestly, the happen. delay in his career is probably for the best because his Absolutely. character a year afterward was so much better, in my opinion. And Austin never would have gotten the the King of the Ring that year. So I'm glad. Yeah. Retrospect. Honestly, honestly, yeah. I think the Emma. Well, we could probably do a show on that. We could probably do a show on MSG sometime. For God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, we could do another roundtable. We've we've got Shocker. We've got him booked for thirty dates this year. So. Hey, <laughs> It's all part of my work release program. So, <laughs> and uh, as his parole officer, um, <laughs> it also counts as a check-in. So, we're all good. Also, make sure you eat your vegetables. I see you <laughs> over there, just shocking the world, eating nothing but French fries and cheese curds. <laughs> oh wait, where do I? The only thing that's gonna be shocking is your cholesterol. Excuse yeah. me. And it's cold. I have a bag of spinach. That's that's what I've been doing lately. What I'm actually do down. I am fresh. down weight. It's fresh. And I I mean I'm not I'm I'm trying to get ready because <laughs> if I do have to get in the ring again after doing the pen and teller, I was like <sighs> you know Where do you pull a bag of practical spinach from? So why no. do you so it's did you have a bag of spinach sitting by your camera just in case? Just in case somebody's giving me shit about the way I eat. Like, wait a minute. No, no, hold on. And no, because I ate shit <laughs> Joe tortilla things that I filled my own spinach with because I'm an adult who <laughs> eats like you'd yeah. expect. So. so let's talk about that work release program. Um, <laughs> anyway. I need you to go down to the precinct tomorrow. <laughs> So what did you think of Finish for everybody. he became hey uh shocker? What did you think of Triple H before he actually came into his own? Like right at this time period of his career. This was hmm, 
this was probably, you know, like when you like a band, but you don't quite like them yet. Like their early stuff sucked, but you can see they're starting to maybe they got one song that's starting to get cool. And then they finally get to transition because really Degeneration X Triple H is probably about the best Triple H there was up to and including the the early game, I would say. Once he, you know, the Motorhead song, that was probably his best era. And this one, you could see the hints of, I do not want to do this rich guy character anymore. I don't give a crap about it. I don't want to be this. I want to be who I want to be. And so, yeah, I did not like the character because it never fit him. So this was the, nah. you're seeing sparks of him finally just being himself. He did take just a little bit of it with him for the rest of his career, though. He wasn't a Connecticut. Oh, the arrogant movie, asshole yeah. part that ended yeah. up being the, the rich owner of the company. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> like i I remember when he was promoing cena the match he was like cena was doing the work doing the old workers working out in the gym whereas triple h is like i'm working out in a gym that's paid for by my mansion and i'm like the rich man in the he did that shit there's that little bit of snobbiness that there's that little bit of snobbishness that survived into his next character just one percent snob well i mean mean, it's even there in his To, to phrase it as a friend of mine did, when Triple H had a lot more influence on who was coming into the company, there were a lot more Ken dolls coming into the company. You didn't see as many unique types of people. He called them Ken dolls, and I, it was absolutely right. It's about when I started losing the interest in wrestling. when Because Triple H getting his hooks in was about the time that you weren't ever going to get a new rock. You weren't ever going to get a new Stone Cold. They weren't going to let anybody have that much creative control over their own personality. Yeah. And Triple H thinking he knows what's better than what could come out of a, I don't know, a hurricane or somebody you wouldn't expect who all of a sudden gets out. Who is the, who is the internet champion guy? Uh, Zack Ryder. Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder. You know, that he thinks he knows better than a Zack Ryder could come out naturally. And it's like, yeah, you got to be arrogant to do that. Well, he, I think he fortunately learned that lesson eventually, thank God. Yeah, giving us Orton was great, but we didn't need a thousand people who looked like Orton. I love Orton, don't get me wrong. No, no, and it was all that. So, yeah, so to go back to the, the thing, though, yeah, it was really nice to see Triple H just, yeah, becoming what he ended up evolving into, which that's the best moments for all the wrestlers. Like, watching, even watching that when The Rock finally comes in, we'll get it to when Rocky comes in, because you can see those hints of he's going to be this guy someday. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything that you guys have said so far, but, um, and I really hope someone fact checks me and tell me tells me I was wrong. The next guy I'm about to announce, I want to say Vince called him Brett because it's Owen Hart. And he goes, here he comes, Brett Hart. <laughs> definitely not Brett Hart. Definitely not Brett. I love I love how they just added their full match. You mean I had to spend $5 a month to watch the Rumble when I could just watch <laughs> it on YouTube? For free. For free. <laughs> nah. Yeah, but you, you couldn't watch the new Quantum Leap then. <laughs> uh, I still haven't watched the new Quantum Leap. You know, it wasn't horrible. It's it's Here not. Comes... 
Okay. Here. I, I, the phrase on, it wasn't horrible. Like, I've watched of all of Netflix now, so I have to watch everything. Oh no. Okay, so he says it's Bret Hart's stinking rotten brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he really loved that stinking as an insult. Yeah, we're gonna cuss. We're gonna say stinking. We're gonna say it like this, pal, because I'm using my big boy voice. <laughs> I hated his commentary voice. I loved it when he when he was uh when he started being an in-ring character, his voice sounded so much more natural. He was like, I'm Vince McMahon, or I'm Vince McMahon. Like I don't know. I'm I, I like announcer Vince. Vince and, when Vince and Jesse were the two commentators. They're a good team. Yep. That was I mean, that was Abbott and Costello. Like that was yeah, they was. both knew their characters at that time. I I miss that era of just the period. Because Jesse Jesse was such the perfect heel announcer because he was logical in everything he said. He wasn't yeah. Bobby the Brain where he's like, I don't like him because he's a jerk. Like everything Jesse would say, he would back up. He's like, no, you got to cheat to win and whatever you can get away with. And yeah, just. So yeah. Wow, that was back when heels were heels. One of my favorite. One of my favorite calls by Jesse Ventura was when Hogan and Warrior started cheating. And he's like, ah, oh, now the goody two shoes are going to cheat. I like it. Let's get nasty. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about getting nasty here. here Owen on. Hart, he did a pretty good showing here. Uh, yeah. Eight minutes in the ring, eight and a half minutes, eliminates two people. So who does Owen Hart eliminate? He eliminates a British Bulldog. His own partner. Oh, yeah. And he eliminates that's, someone yet to enter the match. That's always next? my favorite thing when the tag team partners and it's like, it's every man for themselves. And it's like, but is it? <laughs> really, it's not really till the end. Because like when they did Demolition as one and two that time and the two just decided to clobber at each other. It was like... It was... I think that was eight, nine. Was Andre nine. The ring. Was and they clobbered Andre. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, so... Owen eliminating British Bulldog, yes, his own partner. I, I I think they should have been buddies for a while. I think they could have. Hey, they, they finally did it right on NXT. They had a battle royal and they had toxic attraction, and they didn't touch each other until they were the last two in the ring. Yeah. They eliminated everybody else. And then to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, they were they wrestled each other and they both fell and landed at the same time. They did the Cena Batista uh, finish, but yeah. they actually did it on purpose. It was Honestly, except Shawn Michaels didn't come out and tear his quads. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna crap my quads. Ah, my quads. ah. He says, I can't tear my quads, but I can tear this cowboy hat off. That was the last time anyone ever wanted him to. (laughs) I don't know who told him they said, I want you to grow hat hair. You know, for those uh, who don't know what I'm talking about, and um, uh, Brett Michaels from Poison are they related? Because Brett Michaels grew cowboy hat hair too. <laughs> He's bald up top. And no, it just be, is... Okay, uh, hold on, hold on. Just gonna go here. Oh Christ! I want your chair for my because I tried to pull it off, and I can't. Yeah. I'm close, You're but I can't pull off cooler. the cowboy hat. It's a special kind of hair that pulls that off. So and what you Brett need to Shaw, do? It's like you're ready to be a. It's like you're ready to be part of Leonard Skinner a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's. I can't don't get I, on any point. You have to have that little bit of country in your soul or something to be able to do it. Like no, Shocker, I'm redneck adjacent, but I don't think I have enough redneck DNA to actually pull it off. I tried. I tried. I put my own skulls on it. Like, hey, hey. I, 
And yep. Shocker, what you need to do for. is shave the top of your head only. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe when I go just bald enough, then the hair doesn't. Okay. And then you put a bandana on. That'll make you. That keeps the sweat from you know touching your hat. Put that that in the closet for a while. That that that'll be ten years from now. I'll I'll be at that part, and I can have the little tight ponytail like Sean has too. Go work. Go work for Walmart. You'll lose your hair and then quit. It'll come back. It happened to me. I swear to God. Ah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. You you pull it out when you work there too long. This actually is brought to you by Keeps. Yeah, <laughs> we can. Yeah, Once we can again, keep Walmart criticism in the page. Screw them; they ain't gonna be on our show. This is also sponsored by Blue Chew. Mm, Blue Chew. Hey, we hope to get sponsors one day, and if it happens to be Blue Chew, screw it. I would, I would do, I, I, I would eat some Blue Chew on air. I mean, I'd I like to get ringside collectibles to be one. We could get free figures. Just yeah. straight up horned up here, just talking about the '97 Royal Rumble. But we, we, we need to talk to uh, we need to we need to talk to Cobra Kai. See okay. about after after this episode, guys. we're going to get to number forty-three. Thank you very much. I mean, this is <laughs> it, going to be that classic '97 Royal Rumble episode everybody's talking about. Yeah. So let's talk about Gold Dust. That's such a great character because <laughs> he's next. Everybody he, tries to take credit for it, but I honestly think it's like 98% Dustin Rhodes just being creative, maybe even full 100%. Well, it's the, so, it's the evolution of the gorgeous George, um, oh, what was his name? Um, the original Nature Boy? No. Uh, Eddie Rogers? Oh, um, Adrian Steele. Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis. No. Adrian yeah, he, uh, yeah. Basically, the. the uh, the gay but not gay character that made you uncomfortable, but once again, I mean, things change. Social norms change yeah. during the gold dust era. Like that level of creepy wasn't okay anymore. So now, just overall sexual creepy. Jerry Lawler, we need you to say a bad word on TV, but don't say it. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's like, well, you are. Well, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, way more liberally used in the 90s. Yep. Also, he was eliminated by Owen Hart, but he also eliminated Turple, huh? So mm-hmm. that was okay. That was his only elimination in the match. And now you get Cybernetico, who... <laughs> yes. This is kind of... Okay. This is the... Uh, uh, um, I love the show. I Tarantino version ball. of the 97 Rumble. Because... We've already talked about Mil Mascaris eliminating himself, but him and Pyroth eliminate Cybernetico. So they're still in the match at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is wild to me because Pyroth was there for 10 minutes, Mil Mascaris seven minutes. Yeah. But Cybernetico a minute, which is more than most of the WWE guys who were in there. They really had a deal going, I guess. I, I mean... Guess, uh... They were working with everybody at that point. They were working with AAA and ECW because they were in they were in talks with all Japan, but they were getting their asses. Pritchard, according to Pritchard, uh, uh, Johnny Ace, uh, Johnny Laurinaitis, uh, insulted them, and so it didn't work out at the time. Good thing he mended well, fences later. Yeah, I mean, <gasps> at this point, they had, have you seen they had at this point still too. So, like, they had lost all the big guys, and they were losing. And that's why Stone Cold getting brought up at this moment 
was so important for him too. It was. They were just glad that Shawn Michaels' contract didn't end in ninety, didn't end at this point in ninety-seven because oh, he said he was leaving at one point, and this was yep. around that point. He said, "I was leaving." He asked Vince for a release. He actually asked Vince for a release about a couple few months after this. Yep. So, WCW probably would have wasted him though. Oh, I'm yeah. certain yeah. of it. I mean, but hard. he might have got Shawn Michaels versus Rey Mysterio, and while I would hate the sacrifice, it's about. 4,000 great matches, Shawn Michaels versus Rey Mysterio at, like, Starcade probably would have been a really fun match. Oh, yeah, but... But next, let's talk about Mr. 90s himself, Mark Marrow. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, that was another one he of existed. And uh, he I like he was the used... opposite version. He was... You the, know what, uh... Johnny B. Man? Yeah. So they legitimately used Sable's Johnny... theme song for him. With a rat. Vince, Vince <laughs> legitimately they, wanted. Johnny they know. They know that, who but... was the uh, who was the draw at that moment in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, might it rhyme with Mabel? Sure. <laughs> it did rhyme with Mabel. Yeah. Um... Mabel couldn't rhyme even when he was in the the, the rap band. Nope. <laughs> no, no, they had Mo for that. Well, they might have called him Big Daddy V, and he might have been your lover, but Latin lover was next. <laughs> what an interesting name. Yeah, he was only there for a fart and a smile, though. Yeah, uh, he was eliminated in minute forty-seven by Farouk, who was next. Uh, who was that's, eliminated that's by Ahmed Johnson? So Ahmed Johnson, who eliminated himself at number two with a fourteen-foot two-by-four, to chase yes. Farouk, <laughs> came back out to eliminate Farouk when he wasn't even in the match. Wasn't even in the match. And then is like, you know what? I saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan do this once. I need a board. And just, they could only find the one at Home Depot that nobody cut down in size yet. I don't so know. He's running out with this thing. Like a lagging behind him and just throwing it around board, and eliminating it people with it. Which, yeah, always my favorite when someone not in the match can eliminate some. So then why don't you just hire, I don't know, 50 guys to come down and throw everybody else out? And <laughs> I mean, as as we're gonna... I don't understand the point of this match. In the um, giant Gonzalez spot. But yeah, so then they, they do this. And then you have Farouk come. All right, so he was eliminated by Ahmed. And now this is when Shocker says, Stone Cold goes ape shit because Savio Vega, Jesse James, and Bret Hart come out one by one and all get eliminated by Stone Cold Steve Austin back to back. Brett? Oh, Brett didn't. But... Yeah, Brett didn't. No, Brett was in there in the end. Brett, yeah. Because it, it came down to Stone Cold and Brett. Yeah, oh, I think. My mistake. All right, let me let me read this. They wrote this wrong. Um, which, How did they write this? I don't know that. Then oh, Savio come have... out, then Jesse James come out, and then Son Brett of a came bitch, out. Dude, we fucked up. Oh man, I fucked up the order of this whole goddamn thing. Uh, thank God for Wikipedia. <laughs> like Cornell, like the Dairy Queen. Yeah. <laughs> they had um... such a fun promo. Okay, to watch. you can edit it in. You, you, you just do the chops in the right places, and then you shift around. That's we true. Are, we are the best okay. podcast team ever. Yeah, because well, all, no, all we've done is name the people and said one. next comes in, so we never actually said numbers. That's true. So now I get to just edit everything in order. Perfect. 
Here comes right. a random cut. Anyway, uh, Bret Hart was not eliminated. <laughs> no, so let's talk about that. So Stone Cold, um, he eliminates both Savio Vega and Jesse James. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Double J as he's coming down. It was just so funny listening to him Double J. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I guess he is too, technically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they forced it though. With my baby tonight. Yeah, that that gives Stone Cold the. If they didn't give the rumble to him, like looking back from if it was like memento, so you know what the future is, him in that moment with doing that, if that was his, beautiful for him because it just cemented. I bet it was. I'm sure it was to some extent. Innovative types. They but had that it, facial yeah. reaction when the Bret Hart music came out. Oh, that's like yeah. that's like when you've got a really hungry dog and you just randomly pull a rib out of the fridge and they're like, oh my God, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. yeah. Austin look is legitimately one of my favorite Austin facial reactions in the history of wrestling. He He was so weird as a heel at this point because it's like, he wasn't back. He didn't backstep from Brett. He, it wasn't a, a. It was a look of not shock. I think it was a look of finally I get him. Yeah, you know, it was a little bit like oh crap, and then he's like, come on, come on. You know, it's like he. That was that the weird was, thing. Completely everybody different. Everybody popped. Completely different heel perspective than from everywhere else because. You know, you go back to Flair in 92 when Roddy Piper came out, and Flair is just like, oh, no! It's like yeah. the worst possible thing that could happen. Bret Hart comes out, and Austin's just like, come on, come on! And the audience drops out the, the commentary team there for about 20 seconds. Mm. That's how excited they were to see that. And that that's honestly it's one of the things that puts that rumble over with me, too, because it's like you couldn't make it better if you tried to do it, if you tried to do it the exact same way twice, it was just organically the right moment, the right time, the right setup with the time thing and Austin's reaction and music. It was just perfect. Perfect. It would have ruined it. It was a story. They built yeah. a story. They built, which is what Pat Austin. Patterson was so good at for so long. Yes. That and that's, that's if you're going to do that with the rumble if you're going to put somebody over like that tell a story from beginning to end even if you have to come up with it in a different way but it, i mean austin gets in eliminates everybody does the watch thing and then all of a sudden it's like he's the badass and no oh shit, the guy he's scared of is finally coming in and then uh the rumor narratively the, that's the, that's why you pritchard said bruce pritchard said on his podcast that uh that Jake Roberts did a lot of the uh, match design for this Royal Rumble. And you can honestly see it because it feels like Jake Roberts' psychological ideas sometimes. You can... Well, it was it was using the right people at the right... It went, I mean, they, you had your one... You had your weird moments. You had your Ahmed eliminating himself. No mascaras. Yeah. Why, why are these things happening? Why does he have a 14-foot two-by-four? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, some of the, the some of the other writing doesn't completely make sense, but yes, no, the was that, that even makes sense? It, well, yeah. the way the the whole thing ended was such a perfect cementing yeah. who Stone Cold is, because Stone Cold is a face who can cheat to win. 
because he's yeah. also he's a realistic heel. He's a you yeah. want to love him heel, whatever the outlaw Jesse Wales kind of thing is. You want to love this man even though he's a bad guy. So it cements he's perfectly okay cheating to win. It cements Brett getting screwed over by the WWE. It just, yeah, everything that came out of that is stuff we still talk about right now because it was so great. Yeah, we're doing a show and about if it. Jake had something to do with that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what Pritchard says, and I know that. I know that he's. In, I know that people say he lies a lot, but I believe him on that one, honestly. All the best story, it, it, you know. It's like it, there's there's enough truth in there, and wow. You should ask Jake about that rumble sometime and just tell us. Inside scoop, pretty please. <laughs> he, he probably does not. Remember I know you know him. I was just gonna say if he remembers that one. Yeah, I, I don't think Jake goes down memory lane as much as uh, some of the other guys do. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Jake's memory lane was those are dark days. <laughs> That man's promo. The only wrestler promo that ever scares me is Jake Roberts, but we'll save that for off there. So that's so I was right with the order, by the way. I was just wrong with why they call it the order button. It means the order of elimination. Ah, uh, okay. So I was right. Um so then yeah, Brett the Hitman Hart comes out next, and he stays in for quite a while. Like this is a long haul Brett. Besides Austin in this match. Red Hart was the, the mainstay, and Austin was there for 45 minutes and seven seconds. Yeah. The match was 53 minutes. Yep. Uh, surprisingly short. Way, people don't appreciate the amount of, even if you're knocked down in the corner and then for the five minutes and get up, the amount of just energy it takes to go. Well, when Sin Bodhi trains people, and I saw this happen, it was great. He did an hour long Ironman match with his students. And by the end of the hour, they were all passed out, just sucking wind on the mat while he's still up there. And he stayed in. He let them come out every, like, rotate through. And they were all dead. It's cardio and the exercise and the amount to go through that for that amount of time. Yeah. And still stay in that good a character. Yeah, it's. That's why I He was in there for 45 minutes. And Bret Hart was there for 21-12. Yeah. There's yeah, a Canadian shout out rush. Amazing shape too, like because oh, they had yeah. those Iron Man matches. Ninety-seven Brett is probably my favorite Brett. Yeah, I mean, that, I, a, was that a Canadian shout out? It was Brett shouting out Rush. Twenty-one twelve. That's true. He was shouting uh, Goldberg sucks. Oh God. <laughs> he didn't even know Bill yet, and he still hated him. <laughs> I uh, like, you see that guy in the Atlanta Falcons? Fuck him. Brett, I think Brett '94 is probably still my favorite Brett. That's fair. That's there's a lot of good Brett in there. So we get I, I the best elimination down to a year, though. guys. I'm going to say right now, I, de- I definitely have not fine tuned my Brett that far. <laughs> to, to a He's like my number two wrestler of all time. Got See, it. we interview a lot of Canadians here. Yeah, uh, especially. Oh, God, yes, we do. <laughs> now so we, we have be... to know Bret Hart. Not just yeah. Canadians, Western Canadians. That's true. No, they, they, we we uh, we interview a lot of the Cobra Kill Cobra Kai Guild. Yeah, um, they've been good to us. Go back up there too. Been very good to us. Really good to us. Yeah, they put our, and they're all just freaking. They they had one of my favorite live shows I did last year. He brought me up there to do uh, the Circus of Death, and thanks for introducing us to him. By the way, 
more people should know because he's doing the kind of stuff I like to see happen. The yeah. theatrical, the little bit more over the top. Uh, I did a match with Ziggy Dice from Impact against, and I'm always horrible with names, but the guy from Canada up there, and it was so much fun. We did the yeah. If you haven't seen it, go to Cobra. Co- go to uh, go to their website. Right, WrestleCore, yeah. and you can watch the matches, and you can see me and Ziggy hypnotize the referee into or ma- re- hypnotizing the wrestlers to picking up, picking his own nose, and making out with the referee. <laughs> During I mean, one as of the more spots. people should, as more people, oh, everyone should watch. It was that. my favorite spot, and when the when the hypno the hypno wheel got reversed on us, and there was. 14 choke slams, including people who weren't even supposed to be in there and just littered with bodies. Stupidest match you could possibly watch. Go see WrestleCore. Watch this. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, don't I think don't we talked about my favorite underrated moments of the Rumble. Please don't. Because I think we got uh, we got the next guy coming up. Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Who at the time set the shortest record for someone in the match. Such a good spot. Like, he could have been a little better, but if he had actually flown out on the first punch, like I think he was supposed to, it could never be broken. Perfect cartoon moment. Yeah. And then for the rest of the match, it's like, I should be, I should get in there, Vince. I should get in that. I mean, it was was such a good spot. It was the sense of humor was just perfect on that. I just wish he had gone out on the first punch. I and wish it had just been a little that bit of storytelling too. Clobbered him, and he just whoop right back over. There's a little bit of storytelling in there too, because Brett yeah. and Jerry Lawler have history. And oh, when yeah. that music played, you see Brett looking around, thinking about the fact he's got Austin in a sharpshooter, and he's like, "Oh, that kiss my foot guy is coming in here. I better do something about that." Oh, this jackass again! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly his facial reaction right there. So not only do we get four second Jerry Lawler, but we also get <laughs> fake Diesel. Here he comes. He looks better. Than, he looks better than fake Razor. That's the That's nicest true. thing I can say about it. Wasn't he a dentist? <laughs> Wasn't he a Christmas tree? Wasn't he a Christmas tree? <laughs> yeah. No, that's gotta. That's okay, gotta I'm be Uniball. I'm going to be dead honest. I hadn't watched it in years, and I wasn't watching that close. I didn't realize it was fake Diesel. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I, I, you're, you're. It's actually blowing my mind a little bit because I was watching it, but I was, you know, he had way less luxurious hair. Yeah, you know, nobody had better hair, and they never got in close on him. No. So, if you want to, you know what. In retrospect, Vince, it worked. It worked, Vince. I bought it for one match. I didn't WC- think I would, but... WCW never put Kevin Nash on the cover of Maybelline, and that was one of the greatest misadvertising moments in wrestling. He could have been on Garnier Fructis. Hey, you know, like, he had maybe, great hair. Don't, maybe don't hate a- on the great hair. I mean, that's... that's. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shocker's me got it. This day. I, I, I mean, that's the... Shocker, what's your hair care? Sort of shampoo sponsor. Let's talk about your hair care, your 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 secrets to keeping uh, the man. Hair ties for guys. They got a deal on Shark Tank. Um, the the company's called the Long Hairs. They got a deal on Shark Tank with Mark Cuban. They make hair ties for guys. Those. 
my hair came so, back, and I'm letting it grow out again. They what? I lost my hair. Grow out, go to their website. Back. They got all sorts. They actually had ones called the Shockers. So I reached out to them because it was after I went on Penn and Teller. And I was like, hey, I've been on a TV show. You guys have been on a TV show. You have ones called the Shockers. And we started talking, and I ended up doing a charity gig with them. Uh, they've got the world record for uh, hair donation. 430 pounds of hair. So they got the Guinness World Record, and I did stuff for them, and we did some videos over the pandemic. So they, they have all the... white of hair. <laughs> <laughs> but to go, hair. to go to the full part of this, they've got a shampoo and conditioner that is the best I've ever used. And I have tried many different ones. So Speaking if of... you're looking for something a little better, go to their website, The Long Hairs, Hair Ties for Guys. Also, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, Lush. Lush at the mall, all the bath bomb, the pretty stuff, the good smell. Get they have hard shampoo. It looks like a bar of soap, but it's shampoo. Hmm. Best shampoo I've ever used besides the long hairs one. Like that's my two secrets that I have. Hmm. Besides also like not doing anything else to it. Like people tend to do a lot of bad things to hair. I um. I tend to not until I started having to dye my hair a little bit because yeah fortunately i ain't gone with my hair color yet i remember this random episode of raw where there was where austin was wrestling and you know he's bald and he tells mike kyota that guy pulled my hair mike kyota goes to talk to him and he looks back at austin like what did you just say <laughs> yeah my hair See, those, are the, those are those are the moments that's <laughs> the best this is uh, it was either 96 or 97, Austin, but I just love that moment. And Kyoto's reaction is like perfect. It's like, what this guy just what? What now? Yeah, no, that that's why it was such a good hair. But my hair. So, don't have any. The Lola goes talk out. About what the funk? The funker. Uh, yep. Not Jason. Forever. 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 Sorry. <laughs> this was his 17th retirement match. <laughs> and he's still going. In 97, that was his 17th retirement match. Yeah. Yeah. He has like random like folk, six you couldn't have you couldn't have uh the good character study for the wrestler. Who was that in the the, the movie The Wrestler? Mickey Rourke. Mickey Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Don't tell me Mickey Rourke didn't put some Terry Funk in that. Oh, I always thought so. Oh, I believe so. Yeah, I think Terry yeah, like, Funk has randomly like six runs in WWE, but the majority of them are a year or less. Yeah, yeah. Well, Terry Funk, Terry Funk is the epitome of the guy who can't give it up because he just loves it too much. Not just, that he like his body is screaming at him, "Don't do this anymore," and he's just like, "I'll just nope. do a moonsault onto some chairs." I'm gonna, I gotta do it. It's like a smoker. At that point, it's it's his cigarettes. He just cannot not do it. Yeah, guy should be retired like 20 years ago, and he does a moonsault on the chairs in ECW. I was like, okay, yeah. and he still had another 15 years before he was forced to finally quit for real. 15, 20 tops, I think. That's Kevin Nash in like 2014, that, and some indie show. I saw that, the match. That moonsaults that he was doing, I was like, he's in his 50s and he's doing this. Literally, one of these days, he's going to break his hip doing it. He never, like, he was injured. Obviously, if you saw Beyond the Mat, those, I love it. He's just with his doctor. And his doctor's just like, 
uh, should I be getting around comfortably? He's like, you shouldn't be getting around comfortably at all now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. no. Yeah. I love how they played into the Mankind fo- uh, Funk feud, though. The WWE almost yeah. always ignored old feuds, but they didn't ignore mm. that one. And I, well, I don't think, if they, those two weren't going to let it. Those two no. knew if they were in the same ring together, they were going to work with each other. They were going to have fun. They, they no, love let's talk about that. Too much. Let's talk about that. Cause that, that not only was that in the ring, but mankind, Mick Foley, the human being uh, has come out and said, anytime I'm in the state of Texas, I will come and see Terry Funk, no matter how far I have to drive. Yeah. I think that is the most wholesome thing. He just did it like yeah. the other week. Yeah, that's all. He photo. drove like 400 miles just Facebook. to see his buddy. Yeah. It's probably, if I was to name top five feuds, Funk and Foley is, should be somewhere on that list. Two, oh, yeah. maybe three. I mean, two people who can be that violent to each other and love each other that much. It just, yeah. it's an epitome of what wrestling is. It's, it's, it's this crazy, stupid, also completely real and emotional thing that these two guys could almost murder each other in the name of. They about did too. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. And I, they about did in 2006 too, because Foley got there, not Foley, Funk got that barbed wire trapped around his, uh, I think around his neck or something in, yep. in uh, 2006. I think that was the the tag team match they had. It was yeah, fully where Edge uh, totally does something you can't get away with today to Beulah. Yeah, you can't put that on TV today. That was the rated R superstar. That's why Edge rules. If you know what I'm talking about. So let's talk about the Rock. Yeah. Ah, no, let's talk let's about Rocky Maivia. Oh, There's Rocky no Rock Maivia. yet. Rocky Maivia. His, his big claim to fame, because every time Vince gets his the sentence out, is his dad was this, and his grandfather was this, yeah. and his dad was this, and his grandfather was this. They are. That's Blue Chipper. That's kid. He's going to be yeah. a star. It, 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 it's just like the rookie who, and yeah, I mean, he he was not on his own at all yet. He. Yeah. Was, so if people didn't think, him. if people didn't think that this rumble was a bit, a bit worked. Okay, you had one, two, three, four people in a row, and out of the last six, or sorry, the last seven, one of them had an elimination in this entire match. You had Savio Vega, Jesse James, Bret Hart, Lawler, Diesel, Funk, Maivia. Only Bret Hart had eliminations in this match. Right. And that's in a straight row. Everyone else just gets chucked. They were just all fodder. They were all yeah. fodder. Well, in a rumble, you've always got to have your putties. Some of the yep. some of the putties ended up being legends down the road, but at the time, but at the time they came you, in the rumble, needed, they, were they needed to be. You need the red shirts. You need but the here's the thing: if you're going to tell a story, excellent, excellent point of view you said there, Shocker. But here's make, the thing: yeah. making the Star Trek reference. I appreciate that. John Michaels got Diesel. to be a putty against Andre, and that's hilarious to me. But here's the thing: Diesel Funk and Rocky were in the match each over 13 minutes. Yeah. Well, Rocky, they were pushing at that point. A little bit. Because 
you could hear it was the rookie, the rookie who could take it all the way. So they they did have a little sense of they were going to try to push him more. Yeah, but somebody and I think they wanted to at least let him shine a little bit. And like I said, you can start to see when you watch. I can't remember who he was punching, but he was doing the the rock. Austin flare. was it Austin? Because it was he, Austin. He even had that second where he took the stutter step and then like you can see the rock is starting to the lightning hasn't struck yet the black adam genetics haven't been quite there but it's it's gonna be There's there 20 seconds of wrestlemania third uh the wrestlemania 17 right there 20 seconds of wrestlemania 17. so then we it's got a couple of interesting things too that we should probably mention because this match isn't without a little bit of uh, a little bit of drama hmm. because steve austin was eliminated during this match by Bret Hart mm-hmm. but sneaks back into the ring while Love the officials that. were distracted and Holy they never fun. call him eliminated right I, that, I want to talk about that that if we're getting right into that I, I can because they planned that beautifully if you notice oh, yeah. that's when it was Terry Funk and uh and Mankind oh. I believe yeah they were making such a scene that both referees had to restrain them. So that was the Steve Austin moment of <clears throat> referees didn't see it, get back in. And wrestling should embrace that. They should embrace oh, yeah. the fact they never use instant replay, that if it's not seen by the official, it's not seen because that is such a... Carney. It's a, it's a carny. It's a wrestling trope. It's a... It's it works. Like got eliminated because we can do instant replay now, so yeah. it's, it's harder to. So when they lean into that, which is what they were doing, it's great because now Stone Cold is shown as he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Oh, nobody saw me get eliminated. Whoop, I go back in. I'm a cheat. I'm a scoundrel. I'm a cheat. You know, uh, Ricky the Dragon Dragon Steamboat would still have left. He would have been honored. Oh yeah, yeah. So this you is, can't tell me if the rumble was real. If the if the rumble wasn't to work and they were actually doing it, and somebody right. got eliminated, nobody saw it. They wouldn't have tried to sneak back no, in. There's some the of some heel. of them would have. Everybody would. It's the Jesse Ventura heel of he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Why wouldn't you win if you can? He's doing it because he's must, a villain. He's doing it cheap. because he's stone cold, and he does what it takes to win. And it gives that beautiful moment of Bret Hart getting screwed over because Bret Hart legitimately won the thing. And yeah. Bret Hart should legitimately be the winner of a Royal Rumble. He's good enough to be it. That's his moment. He was going to get the champion. So to get screwed by Stone Cold, you've got now that good rivalry going on. But also then he took it to Vince oh. and said, what are you going to do about this? And got in, grabbed him, got violent. Well, not, that's going to set the screw job up. Yep. It's yeah, and it's the shove so on Raw a few months later. So let's finish it out at that moment. Now we got the final five, mm-hmm. right? Mankind comes in, and he lasts quite a bit. And this is what we've been talking about with him and uh, Terry Funk. But I thought he was pretty good in this match. Oh yeah, no. He mandible clawed somebody out of the match. I love that. <laughs> The mandible claw was still going on at that point. Yeah. Oh, he he eliminated Terry Funk and Rocky. 
It was Rocky. He did Rocky with the mandible claw, which if you want to talk about setting up a rivalry at some other point, you know, the whole rock and sock connection. And when he, I mean, him and the rock had a huge feud and that was Rocky's first Royal Rumble and mankind eliminated him. So that's another thing set up. Yeah. They don't know it yet, but they're about to have one of their uh, top feuds right there. And they had such amazing things. So talk about, you know, things that are going to come to pass later on. So now we get Flash Funk, a.k.a. Too Cold Scorpio. He's a hell of a good wrestler. Love him. Underutilized. Wrong era. And I I sometimes think that as Flash Funk, he got over, and he was even though it was a gimmick that probably wasn't supposed to get over, he got over anyway. So they took away his dancing girls for some reason. Yeah, I always don't know, but I always felt like that's what happened. No, so I think he just got to pay 200 bucks a week for the dancing girls to come out. I think they didn't think he was <laughs> worth it anymore. Well, at least they figured it out with the Funkasaurus. Just just hire them. Mm-hmm. About 15 years later. Just hire them. I'm sure one of them will be a women's champion someday. There you go. And they were. The other one, not yeah. so much. Yeah. Uh, My favorite match, the Lisa Fox versus Melina. Melina. Oh, yeah. Greatest uh, match of all time. Greatest women's match of all. What? What? So Austin's like, like he wants to stun her for real. (laughs) (laughs) He put his hands up like I thought he might actually do it. (laughs) Guys, I need to stop you right now because it's time. Vader time. Vader time. It's Vader time, baby. Yeah. He wasn't quite sure. Victory from beating the Undertaker earlier in the night. And he he just came in just to eliminate Flash Funk. Yeah. That was his job. But it was a great elimination. That's when he what? Vader yeah, was... over his head and then the camera Vader, cut was you know, bad basically on beer kegged the guy out of the ring from a good <laughs> probably two, three feet away from the ropes. Like it was it was a toss. The camera cut I mean, if you think about just like brute strength and just a hatred for humanity, I think Vader, Vader was a very, very strong candidate. Oh, yeah. Vader's yeah. WWF run was so underwhelming. Could you yeah. imagine? Well, yeah, he, he was he was not at the moving fast part of his career anymore. Yeah, yeah he wasn't Could you imagine a pissed Vader off, horned up Vader. He was significantly heavier than he was. In tossing WCW. over his head. Yeah, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I almost feel like they should have brought Charlie in. Disneyland, you get a picture of him, boom, and then you're. I love yeah. your cigar smoking. <laughs> Vader goes and eliminates two cold Scorpio by flinging him out. And then him and Undertaker have, oh, then that Undertaker shows up, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's, I think he's uh, number three. one of his better looking rumble entrances, too. Well, yeah. it looks like okay, he's coming so in to before kick some we ass. get to him, though, we have also Henry Godwin who comes out, oh, yeah. um, who's also named Hog. Because it's Henry O. Godwin. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Vince Hog was and a pig. clever man. Let me tell you. Hog and pig. It it, it, yeah. it was the blending of the era, guys. Come on, we we. we I don't. <laughs> in the '80s, so. Honestly, yeah. he's a big. He was a big guy. He he's another one of those guys you look at and you think, man, they could have really run with him. Yeah. Oh, he looked just, just like Justin Hawk Bradshaw, man. Yeah, no like one will ever hear of that guy. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't put butts in seats. But, uh, <laughs> let's finish this uh, this menagerie out with The Undertaker. And Vince was like, have you been paying attention at home? 
We already know who it is. Vince, like, I want to swear this. You know, and it was at the t- the 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 height of cousin it Undertaker when he had just the hair in front of his face. Yeah, yeah. He was in the best That's... shape at that point, though. Like, Undertaker he... legitimately yeah, looked like he just wanted to kick everybody's ass yeah. in '97. The teardrop like... tattoo was a bit much, but '97 yeah. Taker was great. Like, yes. should have been. And I, of course, I was 14 at the time. So, and Taker was my favorite. Taker's always been one of my absolute favorites, but. I would get so pissed when Taker would lose back in the 10 because I'd be like, he should be killing everyone and being champion for like 10 years. Right. But then yeah. as I've gotten older, uh, in my what my older age and wiser as I am, uh, I realize that Taker is not someone that you can kind of put a title on and be a champion for so long because it's like, who the hell is gonna beat him? Well, not yeah. only that, Taker Taker at his best should never care about being champion. Mm-hmm. That's never a Taker goal. If he goes up against the champion, it better be a damn good storyline. Taker is like Jake the Snake. Taker is the guy you don't want to have to go up against for some reason. Right. And so him getting titles, you know, it made sense, especially with him in the Kane era and stuff. There was times in there where I would have said it made, but yeah. No, Taker, you don't put the belt on Taker because Taker's going to draw whether he has the belt or not. Yeah. Well, when he beat Hogan, that that obviously needed to happen there to kind of solidify this guy's a threat. Yeah. Right. But, you know, they only put the title on him when I think they needed to put the belt on him. Yeah. Um, you know, in 97. They, never, they, they just needed a guy. Taker they had to drop the belt. That's the thing. Taker yeah. dropping the belt you want to save for a special occasion. You want to make sure... If he's dropping it, it's to put somebody that much more forward, right? Because it's freaking Taker. So, yeah. yes. and and that that he... rounds out the match because then Austin cleans house and eliminates Brett, and there's a rumble. Well, no, Brett Brett eliminated because Brett oh. had the moment where he got to think he won because Brett yeah. eliminated Austin. Because he had that moment, and remember this too, that's what also makes it good narratively, is he, Austin had just done something, wasn't paying attention, Brett then did hand on the back of the head, tights, and threw Austin out, so Brett's the one who eliminated him, and then went on with his match, not even knowing Austin was even still in the match, Mm -hmm. and he eliminates the last two guys, he's like, I did it, I just won, and then Austin throws him out. He's like, what the hell? You're not even in the match, asshole. What are you doing? And then they see the rest raising his hand. And he's like, I eliminated this son of a bitch. What I and so the screw job, once again, the screw job is so planted in this moment. Because he well, is so much in the right, but nobody is standing up for him. Nobody is telling the refs anything different. Austin gets all the credit. It's yeah. Multiple interviews that I've seen have all said that was a hundred, that particular moment was a hundred percent Jake Roberts idea that he did, that Jake Roberts pitched it in creative. That's like Cornette said it. Pritchard has said it. Brilliant. It's, it's so much more brilliant because of the screw job actually happening too. Like if that never happened, I don't know if the payoff, because if it happened in real life, the fact that it was set up, in this Royal Rumble like that. Yeah. And then it, you know, 
life imitates art to that point that it's just yeah because the anger in brett's eyes you believe it you believe him yelling at vince yes. this is the owner of the company even though he's not admitting it at this point so yeah maybe people I, i'm sure people back then probably thought it was real and thought oh they just screwed brett hart yeah no, I mean that's that's how people felt. I mean, well, that's how the that's how wrestling should make then. you feel either way because you're invested in the storyline. So, no matter how you felt about it, yeah, and that's why I really love when wrestling wrestling always needs to play into if the ref didn't see it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Because anytime they turn something over or a guy comes out from the back and does that too, then you've completely negated any other time when it was important like a royal rumble for because don't tell me they there's not somebody backstage watching it who would you know yeah, so, yeah. i don't i don't well, like to negate that whole kind of thing so this one beautiful perfect can't get better wrestling story not in a rumble I match agree. yeah not in a rumble match i think it was i, I think it was fantastic there's a couple that are good but not as good as that the no. 2021 rumble for me was the best rumble of all time the Lesnar one where he throws to I'm no, kidding. No. You know the building one? Yeah, the I don't one remember where the 2021 one. No, you know what? In a way, though, I would put that, that in a top five because they tried. It was a god they tried. pandemic. They did what they could. Oh, was, and they awful. did some really stupid things, but there were things that made me laugh. There were sure. things that made like they really tried to do something different. I, Throwing I like Rey Mysterio off a building, maybe a bit much, but you no. Know, so that was 2020, and that was the uh, okay, that was the money in the bank. The the Donkey Kong get to the top and then have the match once you're up there. Yeah, that was that was the money in the bank, and they explained it by saying, "Oh, there was a second balcony." <laughs> hey, it's better okay. than WCW's explanation. I'm mixing up my things, but yeah, that's thrown off a building to. Yeah, that was, that was one. Of, okay, that's still one of my top five favorite things I ever did, though. Especially, I don't disagree. Time. And then you had uh, AJ and Brian going to Vince's office, and he's like, "The hell are you doing in here?" Ouch! <laughs> so many good moments in that. Like, yeah, at least they tried. So yeah, it had nothing to do with the Royal Rumble that year, but yeah, no. okay. twenty twenty one so, Royal Rumble. I don't remember. I don't. Do we have any? Um, we have any last words before we? Sayonara to the Rumble. Mm, I mean, it like I couldn't story wise couldn't be more perfect. It it set yeah. up everybody. You it set up the Rock. It set it's up true. you know mankind getting a little more over into the realistic. It set up Stone Cold's entire run. I mean, Undertaker just, was already cemented in there, but yeah, it, it just really. It was a peek at what was going to be coming soon. I like I liked how it addressed Austin's history in WWF up to that point by having mm -hmm. him work with all the people he feuded with and get over on all of them, including Bret Hart. Of course, yeah. yeah. I I really I to this day I really really love that. It's like I just watched all of Austin's matches from '96 as I was working for research, and then I watched that Rumble. I was like, holy shit. That's yeah. all his fuse rolled into one match, and I thought that was brilliant. And then like he I gets agree. over on each one of them. It's Austin's past, and then it points to Austin's future. It's telling the story of Austin, past, present, and future. I agree. You Dan, got the rock you too. Um, I at the time, 
watching it, um, I remember thinking this is kind of like a, a really all over the place Royal Rumble. I think now looking back on it retrospectively, it's better with time. It's one of the better Rumbles that have ever existed because of the fact of everything that you guys have kind of touched upon, or the fact of the story that it told. The finish is brilliant. Um, even though with Final Four, you still can make the argument. Austin had eliminated Vader and Taker, and then Brett was eliminating Fake Diesel. So Fake Diesel should have been like, I should be in the Final Four match. <laughs> it should be me. That actually, um, that Final Four match, by the way, if anybody has not seen it, is probably one of the most underrated matches in WWE in 1997. Might be Vader's best WWF performance. 100% agreed. agreed. Uh, and said so, apparently. The cut that was... I remember the cut. That, that was a big one for me with the, the cut that he got. And then the they put those on like magazine covers and that type of stuff. That was when I, they were starting to get a little bit more edgy. Rumor is that was a hard way cut too. They didn't. Yeah, that's what I heard. But he just came out of that looking like a badass. Yeah. And I thought they arrested Saudi Arabia and he ruined his push. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Kuwait. I don't think it was Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Kuwait. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we weren't quite the blood money yet, were we? Mm -hmm. They were still doing the Kuwaiti Cup back then. So. And then they got banned from the Middle East for like 20 years. On behalf of Pro Wrestling World Talks, I'm John, joined always by the greatest co-host ever known to man, the man, the myth, the legend, Dan, and then the two greatest roundtable guys, too. We get our boy, the Shocker, and uh, David. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. My pleasure, because I was doing laundry anyway, so... <laughs> Oh, I don't know right, what else am I supposed just... to be home? I'm supposed to be <laughs> well, beating people up and, and, and doing hookers and blow in Vegas. So, well, <laughs> you're just, you're <laughs> supposed to talk pro guy. wrestling, you got to take breaks in between. So, yeah, well, as long as we're the entertainment between your loads, that's all. That <laughs> <laughs> and you can think of that in two different ways there, I'm thinking, but uh, it's called a devil and Tundra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you guys and have a great night.